maybe you just have to see it for yourself. Sure, there's plenty of scenic inlets by the sea, but the ones that'll take your breath away are the fjords of Norway. Carved by glaciers in Scandinavia's cool, rainy climate, the steep cliffs and long, narrow inlets that give fjord country its dramatic vistas are a destination all their own. Helping us to plan a trip to the west coast of Norway right now is Lisa Rybloom. Like me, she's an American with Norwegian ancestry, and Lisa joins us on Travel with Rick Steves to guide us deep into this impressive corner of the world. Lisa, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Now, when you think about fjords and the mix of culture, talk about the mix of nature and Norwegian culture for a traveler going to the far west of Norway. Mm. One thing about the fjord country is that it's so wild. It's sparsely populated. And so you really see the majesty of Norway when you go there. And you are really dwarfed by the landscape. It makes you feel this vulnerability that people have out there to the land. And talk about dwarf, I remember being in a little tour boat, just a little boat with 20 people on it, you know, about a 20-foot boat or something like that. And the guide pulled us right up to a cliff. And you got this glassy water, and you look up, and this rock cliff shoots 3,000 feet straight up. And then the guide tells you, and it goes down 5,000 feet. That's an 8,000-foot sheer drop, a mile and a half and you're floating on a little boat there, you feel small. You do, and you almost can lose track of the scale until you spot a small cabin at the edge of the water, and then you realize that is so tiny, and this cliff face is so grand, and you just completely are in awe of how stunning the landscape is in the fjords. And then you turn around 180 degrees and you realize this is one narrow body of water. Yeah. It's 100 miles long, but it, yeah. you could almost swim across it. Yeah. And then you look in a little ledge high up on the cliff, and there's another little tiny building, yes. and it's a stranded farm. Yes, absolutely. And then, uh, certain times of the year, all of those cliff faces are decorated with lacy waterfalls. Oh, I love so it. So the waterfalls, sometimes it's misty, and uh, magical. And you can understand how this culture has all of these fairy tales and myths and, and, and maidens and, yes. and creatures. Trolls. Trolls. You, you look at the rock formations and you think, that might have been a troll that accidentally spent a little too much time in the sunlight and was turned to stone. Now, your family and my family both came from Norway. And when you go to the fjord country, you can understand why in the old days, you know, 100, 150 years ago, it was like, let's get on a boat and get out of here because this is hard living. <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, even a thousand years ago, people from there, they had expertise in boat building. They didn't have much arable land. What are you going to do? Sharpen your spears and head south and you're going to terrorize Europe. That was the Vikings. That's right. We look at those bodies of water, though, as barriers to our transportation. But they looked at them as forms of communication. They were able to use all that water as ways to connect to other people I think sometimes we forget how connected they were to other people by way of that water. Mm -hmm. We look at it as a way that it separates us. And today with cars and, and trains and so on, this is quite a challenge. And Norway has spent a lot of money drilling tunnels and, and making bridges and so on. That's right. And there's a, a long-term project to lace together all the fjord communities. And there's a lot of towns that until just recently were completely isolated mm -hmm. that are now connected by roads. That's right. And Speaking of the a, roads, that's yeah. a wonderful way to enjoy the fjords is just to take 
a drive, just drive and drive and drive in the Fjord but country. But if you're not on the ball, you can find yourself at what looks like an inconsequential little crossing and be stuck for hours there <laughs> waiting true. for a ferry. Waiting because, for a ferry. <laughs> because you forgot to make a reservation. And Norway's got a very good system where you simply give it a call, yes. you give your name, and then you can just roll right onto that boat. Yes. But if you're sloppy and you neglect that, you can hit it on the wrong time. That's right. And they have, a, luckily, a great website, Fjord One. And that's in Fjord Country, a good uh, website to know about, the Fjord One Ferries. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're taking you somewhere exciting, as we do every week for an hour here on this travel show. And we're joined today by Lisa Rybloom as we talk about the fjords of Norway. You know, Lisa, most people are going to do the fjords from Oslo. That'll be their springboard for that. And in Oslo, I would highly recommend going to the National Museum and look at the romantic paintings done by painters like Dahl, D-A-H-L. Right. And then you get a sense of not only the fjord country, but this romantic, nationalist love that the Norwegians have of their beautiful nature. That's really yes. where the soul of Norway yes, is. Yes, you're think. talking about the national romantic period in Norwegian painting that's on display at the National Gallery. And they did. They painted the fjords even bigger and grander than I've described them. They, they're like bionic mountains and muscular rivers because they were bragging about and they were right, trying to show people what an incredible country they had. They had this burgeoning uh, national spirit that came around when they became independent from both Denmark and Sweden around the turn of the 19th and 20th century. Mm-hmm. So they were they were showing that in their art and, and showing and how see, incredible their landscape was. And you see the over-the-top nature and you also see over-the-top folk culture. Oh, yeah. Charming little cabins and people with all their What's the name of the? Oh, they're going out to work in the fields, but in their (laughs) incredible, ornate national costumes. I love it. The bunad. The bunad. That's right. If you want the the real blitz tour of fjord country, the famous one is called Norway in a nutshell. That's right. Can you describe exactly what Norway in a nutshell is for the travelers? Yeah. Well, it gives you a chance to get into the mountains of Norway and down into the fjords, and also all the way over to Bergen, which is on the west coast. So you can get on the train in Oslo and uh, make your way over to the center of Norway, basically, to Flom. You take a... So you're taking this train up high into the mountains and then a, right. a, a cogwheel train right down to the little fjord town that's at right. Flom. That's right. And then you get on a ferry. So and it's coordinated. The train comes in Everything and is minute-to-minute uh, minute coordinated to connect to the next step of the mm-hmm. Norway in a nutshell route. You take a ferry and then uh, back onto a bus, which connects you back up to the train route in Voss and uh, on to Bergen. On into Bergen. That's just one day. Yeah. And you got the evening in Bergen, and you could sleep on the train back to Oslo, and you were gone for 24 hours. And incidentally, if you are in Bergen and you want to do this, you can do it as a day trip from Bergen. Just make a little loop into the fjords and back to Bergen. And the second leg of that little boat ride we're talking about, narrow fjord, right? Mm -hmm. That, to me, is the most dramatic fjord scenery I think I have seen. Yeah. This is Travel with Rick Steves. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Rebecca's calling in from El Macero in California. Hi. <laughs> hey, Rebecca. Any comment on fjords? Uh, well, what was the, the little one that's the most dramatic that you just mentioned? It's called Nadrai Fjord. Would you spell that? N-A-E smashed together, R-O-Y, fjord. I remember it because I, I always thought it just meant narrow fjord because it's so darn narrow, but that's not the Norwegian word. It's easy to think that would be the Norwegian no, word. No, it actually means something like close island fjord. Close island fjord. But that's all in Sonja fjord, and Sonja fjord is the grandest fjord. It's 120 miles long, it's one mile deep, and all along there you'll find some beautiful scenery. And also from these towns that Lisa and I are talking about, there are fast boats that go all the way to Bergen. 
So you could take the coastal uh, fast boat into Bergen and, and then you've got some beautiful scenery all along the way. Yeah, the Sogne Fjord is the largest fjord in Norway, and there are many little finger fjords that come off mm-hmm. of it, and then the Narrow Fjord is one of those. Balestrand is the resort there. I, I believe Kaiser Wilhelm, the German uh, emperor, actually went to Balestrand many, many years in a row. That was his favorite retreat in a lot of ways, and he understood what a good uh, fjord home base would be. Balestrand has the elegant old Victorian age hotels and so on. Okay, and uh, can we fly? We're going to be arriving in Copenhagen. Can we fly from Copenhagen to Bergen and then you know, one, take the train and then Oslo back to Copenhagen? One great thing about traveling in Scandinavia is you've got wonderful and I think affordable uh, one-way flights all over the place. If, if there's two big cities, there are flights that connect them. You can go from Bergen to Copenhagen to Helsinki to Stockholm to Oslo if you like, or you can take it more scenically by train or boat. There's a great little airline these days called Norwegian Airlines, and you can book those flights. It's sort of the Southwest Airlines of uh, Scandinavia right now. They're really a quite good airline. Uh, You can look that up online, NorwegianAirlines.com, and they're a good way to get from major airports to the smaller cities like Bergen. Nice. That was my next question. (laughs) Okay, Rebecca, thanks a lot, and have a good time. Thank you. And Luke's on the line from Brossard in Quebec. Luke, thanks for your call. Thank you. My 15-year-old son and I are planning on going to Iceland and then Norway this summer. We enjoy high adrenaline activities, sort of like uh, whitewater rafting, hand gliding, caving. Uh, what do you suggest we go to or we can try at uh, the fjord area? Good question. Lisa, any ideas for high adrenaline stuff? Wow. I might direct you toward the city of Voss, which is a little closer into the mountains, but it is a center for extreme sports type activities. I know they do a lot of hang gliding out of Voss. In the wintertime, they do a lot of skiing there, but uh, I think that's a place where they you might be able to find uh, excursions or, or those kinds of activities. I would be looking on the website for the city of Voss. Uh, and that's part of the Norway in a nutshell. Yeah, it is. It is. And, it is. And also it's just, on the main train line between Oslo and Bergen. I'm not much for high adrenaline sports, but the speedboat tour out of Arlandsfjord was really exciting. And it goes jet fast, and that gives you a, it takes you into some very scenic corners, and I'm sure your son would enjoy that. The other thing that pops right to my mind is uh, if you visit Lillehammer, which is the place where the 1994 Winter Olympics were held, and it's just north of Oslo, about 90 minutes by train, you can actually take a ride on their, it was the luge run, but Mm -hmm. now they Uh, have in the summertime a cart, basically, that you can ride down the luge run. Everybody, every kid at heart loves that. It's popular in Germany. It's called the Summer Rodelbahn. Yeah. It's a mountain luge ride, a slalom course down the mountain, taking the ski lift up and getting on a a little go-kart that has a concrete or a metal path that zigzags down the mountain. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we we just were saying there's, well, we don't know much about it, but there's all this fun when you think about it. And something else just came to mind. Hiking on the glacier, the Nygardsbreen. Yeah. Uh, Luke, when you go to uh, Sonjafjord, there are several towns that will have excursions that go up to the glacier, and then you um, strap on these little portable crampons, and you rope up, actually, and you have your guide, and you go hiking on one of the biggest uh, glaciers still open to visitors in Europe. Yeah, and now you've got me thinking just about something that Norwegians say. They say, ut potur aldrisur, out on a hike, never unhappy. So uh, hiking is a big activity. Uh, They have a great system of uh, hut-to-hut hiking trails 
So if you're there in the summertime, they hike uh, using these cabins that are sometimes staffed, sometimes unstaffed. But if you get in touch with the Norwegian Touring Foundation, they can give you keys to these cabins and you can make a week-long trip just hiking in the in the mountains. That would be very much doing like the locals do. Uh, mm. it, that's available for people to ski, make skiing trips in the wintertime as well. And to accommodate hikers in the yeah. summer. We absolutely chance for, love hiking. And it's a great chance for somebody like Luke and his son to uh, hike and and hang out with local people who are enjoying nature in, in their homeland. Absolutely, absolutely. Luke, good luck with your son in Norway. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thank you. On Travel with Rick Steves today, we're joining with the people of Norway as they celebrate Constitution Day. It was May 17, 1814, when the nation of Norway was born. That's when its constitution was signed and Norway declared its independence from Sweden. We're exploring the heart of Norway's beautiful fjord country with tour guide Lisa Rybloom and your calls at 877-333-RICK. Janet's on the line in Walland, Tennessee. Janet, thanks for calling in. Hi, Rick. This is so exciting. Thank you. I hope you're enjoying our conversation. Do you have a comment about the fjords with Lisa? Well, I'm very excited about uh, We are taking a trip in June. Uh, we're doing a cruise, and we're cruising around Norway and through the fjords and we're very excited about it. I'm going to butcher the name, I'm sure, of all these towns. <laughs> no problem. But I will do it, too. We are stopping in seven places. Um, the only one I had heard of, quite honestly, before was Bergen. But we are stopping in Stavanger. 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 Okay, thank and you. And that's the oil town of Norway. It's near the oil fields, and uh, it's a small version of Bergen, kind of. Ah, it's a very cosmopolitan place, though, because of the oil industry. So there's mm-hmm. likely to be good restaurants and mm-hmm. lots to do. Fun. The next stop is Alsund. 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 Okay. It's a forgettable town on the south coast. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> there forgettable. We go. <laughs> it's a cute Norwegian town on the south coast. <laughs> a cute Norwegian town. Part of my question before I go through the rest of the list is, we'll have full days and sometimes a little more, but full days at least in each of these places. And our favorite thing to do is to go out on our own. So we're wondering which of these we should do that. We should just go out on our own and wander. And which ones maybe have something outside the town or something that we should arrange some sort of tour for? Well, you know, if you're taking a cruise around the coast of Norway, you're probably stopping at almost every major town, Stavanger, Alasund, Geiringer. Most uh, cruise ships go to Geiringer, which is just a very scenic, Fjord, and it's very convenient for cruise ships. Tromso, <laughs> Tromso is the capital up in the north. With uh, It gets a much more northern feel to it, a more rugged, like Alaska or mm-hmm, something like mm-hmm. that, and Bergen. And then there's smaller towns, Molde, Honigsvag, and so on. But I don't write about them. I think you have them. hit every one of them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't write them in my guidebook, and there's really not a lot to say about them, but they're just charming little towns surrounded by great scenery. I wouldn't get too hung up on trying to find great uh, guided tours of these places. I would just, uh, you know... Uh, Although the one thing I wouldn't miss in Tromsø is the Nidaros Cathedral. Okay, the describe big, that. The, the cathedral there is uh, the cathedral where all of the Norwegian kings and queens are coronated, and uh, it's a wonderful medieval building, and um, it's uh, one of the great cathedrals of and Europe, I think. In Tromsø. In Tromsø. T-R-O-M-S-O. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the main thing, Janet, is you're, you're just immersed, is not a good word when you're taking a cruise, but you're surrounded by great Norwegian scenery. So, um, you know, bundle up and be on the deck and enjoy this uh, constant parade of 
just jaw-dropping natural beauty. Yeah, and I think take advantage of anything that's uh, happening locally. I, I've actually taken what sounds like almost that exact same trip, and I was in Olison one day. There was a parade going on. I just enjoyed the local culture. Perfect. And just, uh, it was a memorable day because I, we were out in the streets with the locals enjoying their local event. That really is our favorite thing to do. Just take it easy, walk around, you know, shop, meet people, you know, sit and have coffee, sit and have a glass of wine, and just kind of take it all in. So you'll it sounds it, like that's the thing to do in these places. That's right. You'll find two things, I think, across the board. The Norwegians you meet are going to be friendly, and they're going to speak English. That's right. Ah. All right. Have a good time, Janet. Thank you. All right. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been enthusing about the fjords of Norway with Lisa Rybloom. And Lisa, let's just close this conversation with something we've yet to talk about, appreciating the food along with the ambience of fjord country. I love staying in a hotel in, on the Sonja Fjord called uh, the Valaker Hotel in Solvorn. And remember, in, in, this is the land of the midnight sun. And even if it's not a light in, at midnight, it is going to be uh, light and twilight at midnight, and, and you've got this long, lovely, romantic twilight, and you can step out after a nice dinner with your bowl of fresh berries and mm-hmm. sit on the porch and, and just watch the glassy, still waters of the fjord, knowing that it's a mile deep, and look at those mountains that are a mile high all around it, and enjoy a balmy twilight at 10 p.m. Absolutely. on a little village with these beautifully painted wooden huts all around you. And be thankful that you're on the west coast of Norway. Yeah, and What's if you thought have, for you that way? Well, I was just thinking, if you have never tasted a Norwegian strawberry, you have never really lived because it is just a burst of juicy goodness in your mouth. And there's no silence quite like the silence in a Norwegian fjord. And oh, my goodness. The silence of a Norwegian fjord with the burst of juicy goodness from a Norwegian <laughs> strawberry. I can hardly contain myself. It is a wonderful experience. And, and it's uh, not expensive, a strawberry. No, no. A f- strawberry from a farmer's stand. The long Norwegian days result in the most tasty strawberries. All this natural scenery and all this tasty goodness, I'm ready to go. Lisa Rybloom, thanks so much for sharing with us a special understanding of the fjords of Norway. It's been a pleasure. Rick Steves teaches smart travel to Scandinavia, the Baltics, and beyond. At ricksteves.com, you'll find an archive of interviews from his radio show, free audio tours, a monthly travel newsletter, and a world of information to help you turn your travel dreams into smooth and affordable reality. To gear up for your next Nordic adventure, begin your trip at ricksteves.com.